Happy Easter. I know it's the week after Easter, but it's still Easter. Happy Easter, everyone. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. That is the very Protestant way of celebrating Easter, is to say, He is risen. And then the other person says, He is risen indeed. Alleluia. It's so true, though. We spent 40 days and weekends, literally six weeks, pondering Lent and the passion of Christ and studying Jesus. And then we get to Holy Week and we really focus on Monday, Thursday and the Last Supper and the Garden of Gethsemane and the trial before the crucifixion. And then on Good Friday, we just really feel the weight of Good Friday. And that while it is called Good Friday, it doesn't feel so good to see Jesus hanging on the cross for our sins, right? And then it's Easter. And what do we do next? What do you do with Easter next? I think as Christians, we kind of have it turned upside down or mixed up a little bit because we really celebrate Christmas. We, Advent is, you know, joyous and you know, we're getting ready for the baby Jesus to come. And, you know, we, we literally start selling, celebrating Christmas, you know, the day after Halloween. And I'm actually okay with that because the idea of the Messiah coming into our world, pretty exciting stuff, right? Great, great, great. But the truth is this baby comes on a mission and comes to specifically die for us, and not only die for us, but to raise again, to defeat sin and death and the devil, and to raise again to new life so that we will have new life when we face death, and we will be, live eternally with Christ, right? And so I feel like Easter, we spend all this time in this very serious and somber state. And then we get to be joyful on Sunday morning of Easter. And then Monday, you know, we're just back to church as is. And that's crazy to me. And it was crazy to my mom. She got it. She got it real hard. Like she knew the value of Jesus on the cross. Come on, that was a big motorcycle going by. But it drove her crazy that at our church back in the day, we would have Easter and there would be no Sunday school that day. And I get that because Easter service is always a big, big celebration and it's beautiful with tons of Easter lilies and usually extra musical instruments and you know, a good, pretty much story of um, a risen Lord Jesus Christ that pretty much everybody can follow. But there would be no Sunday school. And so then the next Sunday following, 
it would be just on to another Sunday school story. And my mom was like, whoa, reel it back a little bit. We need to make sure in Sunday school that we actually teach the Sunday school story and not just through the adult sermon, but on a kid level and on a very celebratory level, a level that says, this is the greatest news you will ever hear. This is the greatest gift you will ever get. And let's make this joyous. Let's make this a jubilee. Let's make this a festive, fun party. And so my mom introduced this giant Easter party, and she named it the Tada Party. She had read in a guidepost or who knows what other Christian magazine or publication she was reading, but where a pastor was telling the children the sermon and was saying, you know, what do you think Jesus might have said when he rose from the dead, when he came out of the tomb? And a little girl jumped up and said, ta-da! And thus my mom named the Easter party following Easter Sunday, Tada Sunday and Tada celebration. There were always helium balloons. There was always candy and games and pictures of Jesus being handed out and storybooks and a fun craft and cookies or cupcakes and She would dress up as a clown. Her name was Pimaima. She was the kindest clown in the world. My dad's clown name was Papadou. And Pimaima and Papadou were delightful and beautiful and kind and good and funny. And it was just a blast. And years after, immediately after they were unable to continue to do it because they got old. Our church decided to continue to do it. And slowly, we continued to make it equally as good. And now, thanks to a friend of mine, Jennifer, she has taken it to a new level. And there's an Easter egg scramble, and there is raffle prizes, and there's breakfast given out, and It is really quite an outreach to the community and very evangelical. And there is no doubt in my mind that this coming Sunday, the Sunday after Easter, is going to be amazing. And all the right people will show up and no doubt they will feel the excitement that we should feel from Easter. And so I tell you all of that to say what do we do with this Easter news? What do we do with the fact that Christ rose from the dead? And I think it's so, like we take it so for granted because we know the story and we know every year that Good Friday is going to come, but we know that the tomb was empty. We know that Jesus raises from the dead. So we, so do we just take it for granted? And, and I just say, what's next for us? And what do we do with that information? 
It is always smart to use your Bible both as a spiritual guidebook, but also as a historical reference. And really, if you want to know, you know, what was happening around the time of Easter or Christmas or, you know, just the traditions that happened or what was going on in Christ's life, the Bible is an excellent source for that. <clears throat> I don't think that it has all the stuff because we know there's probably more conversation that was being had. It seems to make more sense that way in lots of the stories and certainly in some of the stories about Jesus. So I think that God highlights what's really important. And so I am going to read from John 20, um, the account of the risen Lord Jesus Christ. And this is John 20, and it starts with chapter verse 11. So it's chapter 20, verse 11. And prior to that, some of the women, Mary Magdalene being one of them, went to the tomb after the Sabbath day to anoint the body and to sort of embalm the body. It was very typical to do this when somebody died. And there is no body. There is no Jesus. And so Mary runs and tells the disciples Peter and John come back. They see that the tomb is empty. They go back, kind of freaking out about it, thinking what's going on here. And and of course they do, because, I mean, we get it. We know what the end of the story is. They're actually living it. Drink of water there. So Mary stays. So it says, now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus's body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there but she did not realize it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking it was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. I went to Easter sunrise service. And then I went to a church service that was a little bit more contemporary. And then I listened to my home church service. And 
all three sermons had a different point, a different direction, a different message um, that morning. Obviously, they all pointed to a risen Lord Jesus Christ. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. But interestingly enough, one of their messages pointed out what Jesus said to Mary. Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And I thought it was really interesting because the pastor said, like, don't hold on to me, and and said that sort of the interpretation of that was because Christ hadn't fully fulfilled the mission in terms of, yes, he was risen from the dead, but next was to ascend to the Father. Um, He didn't want her to just stay there hanging out, that kind of thing, and that he was, you know, on a mission, so to speak. But also, like, go. He says, go instead to my brothers and tell them I ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. And I thought, wow, I never thought of that before. And I thought it was really good that we get the news of a risen Lord Jesus Christ. This is the account. And there's other historical accounts in which the guards say, like Christ is missing, and then they are paid. I mean, if Christ was missing, they would have probably been killed. But then if they're killed, then, you know, there's nobody to say otherwise. And the religious leaders and the Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't want this to be true. So they paid them to lie and say that, you know, they were knocked out and somebody stole Christ and blah, 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 blah. So, but then Christ does appear to over 500 people. I mean, most courts, if there's a couple witnesses, that sort of proves the case. But if there's 500 witnesses of Christ's resurrection, that's a pretty solid case, right? And and so Jesus says, don't, don't stick around with me. I'm, I'm going back to see my father. Instead, go and tell the disciples. I love this story for so, so many reasons. But I'm going to circle back to the whole, I think that what is recorded is what is important and what, you know, God wants us to know. Because for me, there's no way that Mary 
is at the tomb. She knows that Christ isn't there. She tells the disciples, they come, they see that he's gone, they go back. She remains in her grief. And she's just, she has to be pondering the time she spent with Christ, all that she heard him say and do, and she witnessed. And so then when Christ calls her by name, the light bulb goes off. She turns around and knows that it's Jesus. And she calls him teacher. And she wants to spend time with them. She wants to stay. And he says, Mary, don't hold on to me. Like, don't, like, don't, like, this isn't the time for us to hang out. I'm going to my father and you need to go and tell the disciples. She had to have, there had to have been more conversation. And I I guess there doesn't have to be, but I can only imagine human nature on Mary's part is going to be like, oh my gosh, how, how did you do this? This is crazy. Or or maybe it was like, it. you said this was going to happen and it really did happen. Are you okay? Like, I was so worried. I was so sad. It was horrific. And I mean, did she say all those things? Was she just a complete blubbering idiot mess, just bawling her brains out? Like, oh my goodness. And so we only know that she said, Rabboni which means teacher. No way did she not say anything else. But he says, don't hold on to me because I've not ascended to my father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my father and to your father and to my God and your God. And I love this. I love it so much because maybe that's the direction that God wants us to go. He wants us to go and tell. I love that it is Mary, the woman who he drove seven demons out of, the woman that hung out with them and supported his ministry. The fact that it was a woman. And I say this because historically women were not held in high esteem. And Even in the church today, in many circumstances, women can't be priests or pastors. Not all. But he's saying to her, I am ascending to my father and to your father, my God and your God. And he says, go and tell them. She gets to preach that first gospel message of a risen Lord Jesus Christ, the good news that Jesus is alive. And that is so super exciting. And to me, maybe he eliminated all the other parts because he wanted us to focus on the going and to focus on, I have seen the Lord. And she told them, that he had said these things to her. So maybe that's this message that we get, that we do go. We keep 
living this life that we that God has given us on earth to point people to Jesus. And I love that is a mission statement of the church that I go to, to go to grow in point to and share the love of Jesus Christ with all. Like, oh my goodness, that is definitely fitting to what Jesus is telling Mary. Um, Another church that I visited during the Lenten season, in fact, it was on Monday, Thursday, no, it was on, I can't remember what Sunday it was. Maybe it was just the Sunday before Palm Sunday. And the message, I mean, their mission was love God, love people, show it, right? Tell your story be your story. Be Let your actions speak louder than your words. Love, love, love that. We are not quite as lucky as Mary because we are not at the empty tomb. We are not the ones who are in person with Jesus when he calls our name. That would definitely light a pretty big fire in all of us and cause us to run and tell because you feel like you have the proof. Um, But the truth is he calls us all by name because he took all of our sins with him to the cross. And so He didn't do it just for Mary. He did it for all of us. So when he raises from the dead, he didn't raise just for Mary. He rose for all. And so he calls us all to know that he is the risen Lord Jesus Christ. And so for us, there might be a little homework to do. You know, maybe it is reading the scriptures and going back and sitting with the disciples and with Mary and Joanna and Susan and some of the other women, Mary, the mother of Jesus, that followed him, Mary and Martha and Lazarus and Zacchaeus and all the people that Christ hung out with aside from the 12 disciples. But we go back and we keep reading the scriptures. We keep reading the gospel and the epistles um, and the Old Testament that points to Christ, that starts with Adam and Eve and sin and how God instantly came up with a solution to how Adam and Eve wrecked this plan. And so we can do devotions. We can go to church and learn from other people. We can listen to online pastors and preachers and speakers and storytellers. We can listen to podcasts. Yeah, way to go listening to my podcast. This is one way that you learn stuff, right? And you know what? Even better, be like, hey, I'm not sure I trust her. I'm going to check this out for myself. Do it. And if you find I've ever said anything wrong, let me know. That's how I learn too. We can 
pray. We can worship Christ. We can get to know him more and more. And in doing all of that, we can share what we've learned and what we've know, what we know and what we've experienced. It's interesting to me because the story could have ended here with Jesus ascending to the Father and then coming back and bringing all believers to with him to heaven. And yet it's really the beginning because he says to Mary, go and tell the disciples. He then tells the disciples to go and baptize and teach. And so this message of go and tell continues. And clearly God wasn't done creating man in his image because there's a whole lot of us that have come around since then. And there's so many people that don't have the opportunity to know Christ from the moment that they are born or to grow up in a Christian home or have the opportunity to learn about Jesus. And so the story gets to be told again, the greatest story ever told. And we get to be part of that. And our God is big. Our God is almighty. And he has made some of the most amazing humans. And I believe you are some of the most amazing humans that actually listen to this. And I love my shout outs. I love to shout out my sister Susie and my friend Paul and Brian. Gotta tell you, you three are like the ones that listen faithfully. And Randy, you're kind of a silent star because I know you listen a ton and I love it. Phyllis, again, you've probably listened to just about every episode. And I'm so happy. Like, yeah, it might just be a handful of people. Last week, I got a decent amount of listeners. It kind of like dipped during Lent. And then Holy Week kind of rose again a little bit. No pun intended. Get it? Rose again. I think I'm hilarious. I haven't really been that funny lately. I need some funny stories to tell. But this story is a story worth telling over and over again and and telling it to the moment that we can't tell it anymore. And it's important to share your Jesus with anyone and everyone. And I believe that you tell it every opportunity you can, even if you're never going to see that person again, because it isn't what we do. It is what Jesus does. And our job is just to go and tell, right? Easter happened to be my grandson Jude's eighth birthday. And so we spent the morning celebrating a risen Lord Jesus Christ. And we spent the afternoon with Jubilee celebrating Jude's eighth birthday. And we went to the Super Mario Brothers movie. And there was a part of me that was like, I swear you can take anything. 
and turn it into something about Jesus. And as I was doing this podcast, it made me giggle because I thought, you know, we really are kind of like a Nintendo Super Mario Brothers video game in this thing called life and in this walk of Christianity that we have. Because Jesus simply says, go and tell. And somehow we managed to turn it into this crazy maze of obstacles and we let bad guys get in our way and we let all kinds of roadblocks and problems. And yet along the way are those power-ups, those devotions that we can hit and, and feel like we have some new life or that prayer that connects us to God and we feel big or the communion that we eat. And I'm not calling it like the mushroom in Super Mario, but we eat the true body and, the, and drink the true blood of Jesus Christ. And if that doesn't give us spiritual nourishment, nothing will. It gives us spiritual nourishment. It gives us eternal life. It gives us forgiveness of sins. It gives us everything that Jesus gives us on the cross. And it is amazing. So all I'm saying is life is amazing. You may have noticed that one of my favorite words is amazing. But come on, sometimes I'm just dumbstruck for what the right word is and amazing covers it. So I'm going to keep using it. It's a good word. And when you talk about our Jesus, oh my gosh, they're just aren't enough good words for him. So go and tell and live life to the fullest because when we meet death, it will only be short because Jesus will come and pick us up and take us to eternal life. And that really will be amazing. He is risen, risen indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.